Would you please stand as we encounter the Word of God for this day? It is from the book of Joshua, this fourth chapter, verses 6 and 7, and let us read them together. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. The word of God for the people of God. Well, it's time. It's the time that school children have prayed for all year long, since August anyway. It's the time when summer vacations are embarked upon and the time in which we pack our bags, we hit the road or take to the airway, and we go to experience something new, to make memories. And while we are away on these trips, we find mementos that we take with us along the way because we want to remember. Today we're going to talk about stones of remembrance. These are not just physical stones, but stones that are etched on our hearts, things that, that act as a stone of remembrance, something concrete that we can hold on to. Barbara Lundblad wrote a book called Transforming the Stone, and it's one that I read in seminary, and it's one that I've read many times since then. And there is one quote that simply stands out to me out of all the pages of this book, and I want to share that with you now. We long to know that something is still there as the familiar is fading away. We want a mighty fortress a rock strong enough to hold us while the landscape of our lives is changing. We want something to hold on to. Change is the only constant in this world, and, and we want things to hold on to. It's why we have scrapbooks. It's why we do different things. We want things that will mark the journey as we go. My nephew, Jared, is at Rocky Eagle 4-H Center today, and he is embarking upon his first summer as a counselor, following in his mother's footsteps, representing the Cherokees. If you've ever been, you know there are the Cherokees and the Muscogees and the Shawnees, and then there are the Himbolians, who are the peaceful tribe that rule over all the others. And my nephew has watched his, as his mother has remembered And as she has remembered over the years, she has begun to post pictures upon his graduation. And one picture is of him at Rock Eagle in a canoe in about the seventh grade with a fierce look on his face as if he could conquer any body of water in the world with his canoe and paddle. He is there today beginning a summer as a canoeing instructor and in the the pageant that they have on Thursday night, he will play the part of the brave who the Rock Eagle Monument is built in honor of, out of love for his people, 
and for a young maiden. Those rocks at Rock Eagle are sacred. If you've ever been a 4-H camper there, you hold a special place in your heart for it. Since prehistoric times, we have used rocks to build memorials. They're solid. They're not going to go anywhere. They're stubborn. They're not going to let you forget. Carns, C-A-I-R-N, I may be mispronouncing it, but carns are used as trail markers in many parts of the world. And since prehistoric times have been used as burial markers or have been used as ceremonial markers around the perimeter of places like Mackinac Island, there are carns in different shapes and sizes that are marked along the perimeter. And some have been there since the island was in place and, and its first inhabitants were there and others have been there as recently as the travelers there this week. Each carn is respected Others may not know what it means, but it, they know that it meant something to the ones who went before them. And they may add a stone to the stack. They may appreciate the beauty. They may take a selfie with it. We don't know. But they are respected as markers that allowed someone to remember and commemorate. Cornerstones provide the foundation for our homes. Memorial stones are found as we, as we journey through life. Things that cause us to remember. It might be a date on the calendar. Dr. Gary Glanville of, of Romeo United Methodist Church, you heard me right. Romeo United Methodist Church, that's a great name. Um, he tells the story of a man in his church who woke up one morning and his wife said, Honey, you will never, I, I just, I know you're not going to remember what today is. And he said, Well, honey, of course I do. And he left, and all day long he thought, What is today? <laughs> what am I supposed to remember that I have forgotten? And he still couldn't remember, and so at the end of the day, he, he stopped at the florist, and he picked up flowers, and he picked up chocolates, and he picked up a gift, and he came home, and he said, surprise! And she says, this is the best Groundhog Day I've ever had. <laughs> he will never forget Groundhog Day again. And since then, she gets flowers and candy and a gift on Groundhog's Day. Groundhog Day. We... We have those markers. We have things that cause us to remember. And part of the things that we remember come through our travels. If you've ever traveled to Pearl Harbor, you may have seen the submarine at the air or the, the Arizona Memorial where the oil bubbles up in the water, commemorating the lives of those lost that day, the events of that day on December 7th. Perhaps you have been to Ground Zero in New York or spent a day walking the streets of our nation's capital. You may have stood inside the Lincoln or Jefferson memorials, looked up at the Washington Monument, been privy to the changing of the guard at the National Cemetery, or been at Arlington when you have seen a wife, a parent, a child, a sibling, a friend, 
stretched out on the ground at one of the gravestones. Perhaps you have etched a name from the Vietnam or World War II memorial as it either in D.C. or as it has traveled across the country. We don't walk away from these things the same. We walk away changed. We reflect on our emotions, and sometimes those are of anger, and sometimes they're of sadness or humility, respect, gratefulness. When you see a memorial like that, you remember that there are battles that we fight in life. There are battles that we fight every single day. But when we are faced with a memorial like that, we stop and we pause and we say, why did this happen? How did it start? What can we do to stop this from happening again? We see the struggles at work in the world, but we give thanks. When we stop at these war memorials, Perhaps you've walked along the hallowed ground of Gettysburg. Stopped at one of these others that have previously been named. You remember someone else sacrificed so that you could have freedom, so that you could have life. We come here every single Sunday because Jesus Christ gave his life for us that we might know life and love and grace and mercy. And we come so that we will remember. Why do we come because we, so that we will remember? Because remembering is important. I love the saying, write your sorrows in the sand and your blessings in stone. Stones stand the test of time. When I was in Israel, if you've ever been, you know that Israel is a very, very rocky place. One of the first, you you leave the airport and you get excited because you're going to see this beautiful country that you've longed to go to and you see rocks everywhere and you're thinking, what have I gotten myself into? But you begin to see the beauty in those rocks. As I walked along the Sea of Galilee, I noticed near St. Peter's, church there, that there are heart-shaped stones that commemorate the disciples. I don't think anybody was trying to be cute and making them heart-shaped stones, but there's a love that goes into discipleship, and I think it's fitting that that is the shape that they are in. As I stood and looked across at the Dome of the Rock and and the, the wall of Jerusalem, there's a graveyard right beneath your feet. And we looked and there were stones all across the graves. And someone asked, where are the flowers? You know, have have children just come along and played and thrown rocks to see if they can land on a grave? You know, is this a game that the children play? And our guy Jimmy said, oh no, no. He says, those stones are sacred. You see, each time someone comes to a grave to either remember or to pray for their family, or to come and remember that that person 
had an impact on their life. They leave a stone because a flower will fade. But a stone is permanent. And he said, you'll see that there are some some graves with many stones on them and others with few. He told us that he knows of persons who come and simply pray and leave a rock on those that are fewer in number. Stones matter. They help us to remember. In Joshua 4-7, Joshua had led the people across the Jordan River on dry ground, and he had the leaders of each of the 12 tribes place 12 stones there so that they would remember that God was there in their transition. This is a weekend in which we see ourselves transitioning into summer, into a new season. Perhaps you've entered into a new season in life in which someone has either entered your life or exited your life and and you are seeking something to hold on to. In 1 Samuel 7, 12, after Samuel prayed to God and then Israel defeated the then Israel defeated the Philistines in battle we read then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen and he named it Ebenezer saying thus far the Lord has helped us we're going to sing come thou fount of every blessing at the end of this service and in that we hear the line here I raise mine Ebenezer hither by thy help I'm come I know people who have joked and said, here, I raised my Ebenezer, and they think of Ebenezer Scrooge. That's not what that's about. An Ebenezer is a stone of help. It's defined as a, as a commemoration of divine assistance or a turning point. We talked about it in midweek communion one week. Ebenezers stand as a reminder that God is ever-present. It is a stone that gives us hope. It is a stone that helps us to remember. Do you have an Ebenezer in your life? Is there a significant event or marker in your life that reminds you of God's presence, of his reality in providing a way forward when there was none Do you have a memorial etched in your heart where God moved on your behalf? Where he moved a mountain that you didn't think could be moved? Whatever it was, it spoke to you and said, God is faithful. He is here and he is not leaving me. I have a, a friend who gave me a little rock that looks like an angel, and on it is the etching, I will never leave you or forsake you. She gave it to me. She's a seminary friend. She gave it to me as a reminder that her friendship is a lifetime friendship and that our friendship is founded in Christ, that God is faithful, that God is not going to leave us. Why do we remember In Lundblad's words, you'll hear them a couple of times. We long to know that something is still there as the familiar fades away. 
We want a mighty fortress, a rock strong enough to hold on to while the landscape of our life is changing. Remembering is important because we can wake up and though it may not be foggy outside, the present may feel very, very foggy because of something you're going through. We need an altar to remember what God has done for us and taught us in the past so that we can make wise choices in the present. One of the very first things Abram did upon being promised land and descendants was to build an altar of remembrance to honor God. He did so to bear witness You see, people aren't always willing to hear scripture or hear about the Bible, but they do want to hear about um, your life, others' lives, and through that, God can use our experience to teach the truth that is in scripture. We each have individual stones that are memories of battles God has won for us. That when put together, they become a memorial of God's faithfulness, love, power, and trustworthiness. I have a rock in my office. It's it's just an ordinary rock. It has a, a cross stamped on it, and it was left. We had gone to lunch one day during residency group, and it was left on the table when we came back by someone who who doesn't know the names of anyone who sat in that room. But they left it there and they said, this is something solid for you to hold on to while you're on your journey. I've been there. It's hard. I'm lifting you up. I don't know your name. You don't know mine. But you are prayed for. There are days when it's hard that I can pick up that rock. An ordinary rock. Ordinary stone. But it might be the one thing that gets me through to remember that someone is lifting me up. What are your stones of remembrance? Brooke very wisely shared some history, and history is important. We, it's, it's, you know, I used to sit in history class and think, why do I need to know this? Because <laughs> some of it just didn't seem like it was going to be all that relevant to me. But as I began to have a love for history develop, I began to see beautiful ways that God was work, working in the world, beautiful ways in which history would teach us so that we didn't repeat things, beautiful ways in which we could mark the sacred. 47 years ago, I'm aging myself. This happened about six weeks after I was born. 47 years ago in July, a trip was made to the surface of the moon as man set foot on the moon. Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong began to think about things as they prepared for their journey, and they wanted to commemorate this. They wanted to mark the occasion Aldrin was an elder at his Presbyterian church in Texas during this time, and and he knew this was an unprecedented event in history. So he wanted to mark the occasion, and he went to his minister, and he asked, what can I do? And they began to talk. Armstrong and Aldrin had only been on the surface for a few minutes, 
when, he ma- when, Al- uh, when Aldrin made the statement. This is the LM pilot. I'd like to take the opportunity to ask every person listening in, whoever and wherever they may be, to pause for a moment and contemplate the events of the past few hours and give thanks in his or her own way. He ended the radio communication and then 250,000 miles from home, he read a verse from the Gospel of John. Now, this part was not aired because of the political climate during this time. There was a radio blackout in which these words were read. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me will bring forth much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. And then he and Armstrong took out little packages that had consecrated wafers and consecrated juice, and they took communion and they gave thanks to God for the creation in which he had given us. Now, I didn't know about this story until recently. But I love that the first steps man made on the moon were taken to honor God. I love that there are ways that we can honor God through steps that we take. Things like the making of baptismal banners so that a child and parents can remember. Or this beautiful gown. It's not a stone, but it's a stone of remembrance. It's something you hold on to that's concrete that will last for many generations. We have quilters in our church who design squares and, and quilts. And, and have any of you in here received a quilt of valor? Just raise your hand if you have. I know there are several in here who have. I see a couple. Um, those quilts are memorial stones. There's a tile on an elementary school wall that belongs to one of the children in our church. We have several from children in our church, but I saw this one on Facebook, and it was, it was a perfect reminder of how we commemorate things. Some of you may know Lacey Daniel, and she's, she's about this tall, and she has blonde hair, and she's a dynamo, and on her tile is Lacey's face and hair, and it says 2016, and there are musical notes everywhere, and it says Broadway. That's where she was this year, and she found her dream in life. I don't doubt that she'll make it there. And one day, that stone will be a stone of remembrance that will call out to her to remember how God worked in her life. Perhaps you know someone who has a chip from their AA group who's marked either one year or five years or 15 or 25 and they cling to that in the time they need it most. Perhaps you have mementos on a shelf. There's a reason for this. You see throughout scripture altars have been built to show devotion, submission, and obedience to God. To mark a place of sacrifice and atonements recognizing it was God who brought us to where we are through sacrifice. In Genesis, we read of 
Jacob's building of an altar when God promised that he would always be with him. And also again when Jacob was rescued from Esau. Upon victory through God's grace, altars have been built. When the Ten Commandments were given to Moses, when the when God dried up the Jordan River so his people could cross safely, as we mentioned earlier, when Samuel marked Ebenezer, as thus far the Lord has helped us. In Luke 7, 11 through 19, the words are stated that even if man will not praise God, the stones will cry out because the stones remember and in first peter we hear of living stones I'm going to read to you from the second chapter you are coming to him as a living stone Even though this stone was rejected by humans, from God's perspective, it is chosen and valuable. You yourselves are being built like living stones into a spiritual temple. What are some of the stones of remembrance in your life? What are the altars, the carns that mark the trails along the journey for you? We have Memorial Day weekend, and we often find ourselves at cookouts and at the beach, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Many people have sacrificed their lives so that we can have the freedom to do that. But take a few minutes this weekend to remember what God has done In Columbus, Georgia, in the 1800s, approximately around 1866, the Ladies Memorial Association noted that for for many, many years, people had decorated graves here and there. As the Civil War was drawing to a close, these ladies began to gather and say, we need to honor We need to honor the lives of those who have sacrificed themselves for a cause they believe in, whether they are on our side or another side. Because there's a mother somewhere in the Northern Territory that can't put flowers on her son's grave. We're going to. And then the ladies began to think about ways to unify our country. And they gathered and they proposed that they write letters to newspapers across the country and they did so and as those letters were published they begged they this is the quote they wrote to beg the assistance of the press and the ladies throughout the south to aid us in our effort to set apart a certain day to be handed down through time a religious custom of the country to wreath the graves of our martyred dead with flowers They took a few moments and wrote a letter that began a holiday that we recognize to this day, 150 years later. What would you say in a letter today needs to be remembered? 
What are some of the ways that you have felt close to God? I'm going to challenge you to sit and write that down. I've journaled since high school, and it's always amazing to me to go back and see how God has worked because there have been very frustrating times and there have been very wonderful times. And through that, I've had an opportunity to go back and be reminded and to remember. So write down the ways that God feels close so you can prepare for a time when God feels distance. Write down the ways that God carries you in the present or has in the past so that you can encourage yourself or others In the event, it ever feels like God is so far away that he has abandoned you. That's not the hard part, though. The hard part, which is actually the most rewarding, is to take this and share it. At our holidays and our family reunions, we sit and we reminisce. And we remember, and we don't always remember the good, we remember the bad, we remember how we stuck together and how God has led us. But we sit and we remember because it's important. Someone, somewhere, needs some help in remembering. They may need something as simple as a stone that's left to say, I've prayed for you. If you've ever been to a a national cemetery and you see the graves of those who have served our country, you may notice that there's a penny or a nickel or a quarter sitting on top of the grave. Those are stones of remembrance. They're coins, but they're stones of remembrance. For those who don't know the story, the penny is a symbol that there was a connection during basic training. The nickel was that They served somewhere alongside that person. And the quarter is an indication that they were there when this person gave their life. Those are sacred. I won't look at the change in my purse the same again after seeing those. I won't look at the stone with the cross imprinted on it the same as I would have had I seen it in a store because someone put it in my path and said, you matter. And I want you to remember that you mattered to Christ. And we're in this together. Find a way to take time. Would you pray with me? Lord, as we come before you this day to remember as we walk through whatever battles we face, let us remember that there are those who sacrifice themselves, that we can worship you. But let us mostly remember that your son Jesus Christ gave himself that we might know grace, that we might know love, that we might stand and raise our Ebenezer, that you are our stone of help, our rock and our refuge that as Barbara Lundblad says is the rock solid thing that we hold on to as the landscape of our lives is changing let us come before you with hearts that are grateful 
as we honor you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.